Let him have it, Chris. Let him have it, Chris. Let him have it. Press the button. Switch for everything. You're listening to Aerial Views worldwide on the internet. What kind of radio show is this? I've heard his voice on tape and it really put the hook in it. Highway was jammed with broken heroes on a lance chance power drive. Oh, you gotta get to it now. 
Hey, it's me, Chris T, and welcome back to Aerial View. Here on thehoundnyc.com, the number in the studio, the live line into the studio, 760-I-CALL-AV, 760-I-CALL-AV. And uh, we are going to be joined by a special guest in mere moments, uh, Jesse P. Pollock, author most recently of Acid King, who um, I've talked to a few times on the air at a number of different locations. And um, we're going we're gonna to chat tonight about uh, one of the radio greats who recently left us, namely X-Ray Burns a.k.a. Kenneth Green, who passed away this past Sunday, and uh, someone who had done radio with Glenn Jones on WFMU for 30 years. Um, I was at the wake yesterday, and uh, it was, I mean, most wakes are surreal. Um, When there's a person up at the front of the room, and that person is somebody you're used to seeing upright, and they're lying supine, in a box. It's uh, something I'll never get used to. I think I attended my first wake uh, when I was 17, 18. I worked at this local bakery, and the son of one of the owners of the bakery was in a car crash uh, up in, I believe it was Vermont, going to college, uh, riding around the back roads, with a convertible, convertible flips over, and you know the rest. And um, I really didn't want to go, but then I steeled myself, and I said, you know, this is part of being a grown-ass person. You're not terribly grown-ass at 17, but you get my point. So tonight we're going to remember X-Ray. Uh, it's the Long Live Love and X-Ray edition of Aerial View. And again, the number here is 760-I-CALL-AV. If you're having a hard time translating that, it's 760-422-5528. Let's see if Jesse's there. So uh, how are things there with you? Things are all right. Uh, You know, always nice to be back on the air with you. Uh, Wish on better circumstances, though. We Yeah, don't we all? We all wish it was uh, different circumstances. That's what I found myself saying again and again last night, that... um, I was happy to see so-and-so, but what the circumstances were pretty terrible. I, I think that's a common line at Wakes, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, Jesse. Give us your uh, bona fides so the people know who the hell you are. Well, um, I have been a correspondent and contributing writer with Weird New Jersey Magazine for, uh, gosh, almost 20 years now, since I was a youngling. And um, through my association with that wonderful publication, um, through, you know, doing promotional work like on my first book, Death on the Devil's Teeth, which I co-authored with Weird New Jersey's Mark Moran, um, I've gotten to meet a lot of incredible people um, through this weird family that we have here, yourself being one of them. For those of you who didn't know who X-Ray Burns was, uh, as I was saying earlier, for... I don't know, 30 years, 1986, I think they started working together, Glenn Jones and X-Ray. And, um, 88, I think, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, um, it's, it's pretty cool that uh, we had him for that long. And, and I kept trying to make the point to people that uh, it's selfish to try to 
want him to stick around longer. Um, he was somebody that burned a candle at both ends. He's somebody that lived life mm-hmm. to the fullest. He Whatever cliches you want to come up with, he grabbed it by both hands, whatever you want to come up with. He did it. Well, that's, and, that's yeah. the weird thing about this whole uh, thing is it's, it's conflicted emotions because we're really talking about two people. You know, it's like you're saying, it's great that we had 30 years of X-Ray and Glenn. You know, they'll live on hopefully forever through the archives. And, um, you know, to be a, an entertainer in this business, it's always great to go out on top. You know what I mean? He only missed, what, the last two uh, Sundays of the show. Uh, we, we never had to go through the cancellation of the show. It never petered to uh, a terrible, boring ending. It's He's just not here anymore. And, and you know, th- there is, you know, some solace in that. It's like, well, you know, it never got pathetic. He went out on top. And that's great for X-Ray Burns. But for Kenneth Green, the guy that we were lucky enough to know, I mean, to not make it, you know, past 60, I mean, that's a fucking tragedy, you know? I mean... For You know, all these people that have been listening to the show for so long, I mean, yeah, we could talk about how, you know, he touched all their lives by doing great radio, but I, I would venture a guess that just as many, if not more out there, were touched by Kenneth Green, the man, by, you know, him being a good friend and a great family member and all that, so it's, you know, it's it's hard to figure out how you should feel about it, you know? yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, 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 that's an excellent point to make because obviously he had a life beyond doing mm-hmm. uh, a radio program and he was, uh, you know, a husband and he was a son and uh, a brother and he, there were many other aspects of his life and those people obviously are going to miss having him around. I mean, I, I uh, lost a brother who was, I think, 54 when he mm-hmm. went. I lost a sister who was 47 and uh, when people leave early like that, you know, when they when when you can't go forward with them any longer, um, there's definitely a, there's a void there. And the, the only thing you could fill that void with is is remembering that person, telling stories about that person, um, obviously looking at pictures of that person. But that's that might be my least favorite thing to do. So last night. Um, at this wake, the, I think the, one of the things everybody wanted to do was tell stories. Tell stories about things they had gone and done with X-Ray, stories about mm-hmm. uh, things that had happened on the radio. Um, and, you know, I definitely have some of mine that I'd like to tell tonight as well. But let's get one out of you. My guest is Jesse P. Pollock, who's author most recently of uh, The Acid King, which I was telling somebody about today. I was telling somebody about your book today. And nice, um, <laughs> about uh, how it was about the satanic panic of the, uh, was it, when the hell was it? Was it the 1980s or 90s? Now I can't even remember. Damn, I was well, living. The, there's really two layers of it because you, when you say satanic panic to people, they either remember what started in the uh, the 70s going up through the 80s. And that was the whole, you know, teenagers meeting in the woods, doing seances, killing animals, and eventually people, you know, because they listened to too much heavy metal or whatever. And then there's the satanic ritual abuse um, aspect of it, which came around in the mid to late 80s into the early 90s. And that's where you start seeing the uh, McMartin preschool trial and stuff like that. That's when it really got nefarious once the whole, um, you know, child victims 
aspect of it was brought into it. So, you know, depending on, you know, what your age bracket is, the satanic panic could mean one of those two different things. What does it mean in your book? Let's tell people. Uh, it's, it's the uh, former in my book. The, okay. the book is about um, this kid, Ricky Casso, who grew up in Suffolk County, Long Island, uh, the village of Northport on the North Shore. And uh, in June 1984, he stabbed a friend of his to death over $50 worth of PCP money. And because he was arrested wearing an ACDC shirt and while he was high, told the cops, oh, yeah, I made him say he loved Satan while I was stabbing him. The media turned it into this whole frenzy of this kid was a, a Satan cult leader and there were, you know, a dozen kids in robes chanting in front of a bonfire while the victim was right. stabbed to death. You forgot the just, best part. Hilarity ensued. Hilarity That's, did ensue. Yeah. I mean, we got the, the classic Geraldo Rivera Satan special where he tried to make Ozzy Osbourne apologize after showing file footage of Casso at his arraignment and all this crazy stuff. It really became this. Uh, circus. It was absolute lunacy. Um, uh, not too long after that, it paved the way for the uh, the Judas Priest suicide, and we got to see Rob Halford defend his lyrics um, in court. And, oh, uh, that's always a fun time, right? Oh always yeah, I would time. definitely recommend checking out the documentary Dream Deceivers. If, uh, oh if our yeah, out there have oh, not I seen that. So that years ago, and aren't you working on a, an Acid King film as well? Why, yes, I am. And uh, guess who is in it? Our very own Chris T. Oh, this we, is uh, log rolling at its finest. Jeez. <laughs> we we were very, very lucky to uh, to have a day out while we were shooting in Long Island where you were in you know the general area, and we were able to sit down and uh, film an interview with you for it. So, yeah, coming this summer, uh, the Acid King documentary will be uh, released most likely through Amazon Streaming. And uh, if if you've read the book, you'll be able to see even more of the story. Um, I know a lot of you were frustrated out there that the book did not uh, contain a photo section. I was kind of frustrated with that myself. But uh, you'll be able to see all of those photos in HD in this documentary. So, By the um, way, my favorite part of that day in that creepy house in Northport is that you didn't wake up <laughs> murdered. So uh, oh, that was I my favorite I loved that part house. It yes. had the Amityville windows on it. How it was creepy as hell. Creepy as F. Oh, uh, so uh, p people listening right now are saying, okay, we'll get to the x-ray stuff. So we, we've yes. we told you who Jesse is. When did you uh, meet him? What was your friendship like with him, your relationship like with him? How long had you listened to him on the radio? Well, I had met him uh, back in 2014 when uh, We're New Jersey's Mark Moran uh, teamed up with myself. We uh, put out a book called Death on the Devil's Teeth which was about another, uh, I guess you'd call it proto-satanic panic case um, from the early 1970s in New Jersey. A girl named Jeanette De Palma disappeared while hitchhiking, and uh, a month and a half later, her body was found in a, in a rock quarry surrounded by sticks and stones. And, you know, predictably, the, the media called it, you know, it was a witchcraft ritual or a satanic sacrifice, and the killer was never found. So uh, back in the 90s, Mark started getting some bizarre letters about the case. And um, he did, uh, I believe it was like a, a two or three page spread in issue 20. And then later the bigger one, the seven page spread in issue 22. Mm -hmm. And um, reignited all this interest in New Jersey about this really bizarre cold case. 
But, um, you know, this was back in 2004. This was before social media and a lot of Internet archive databases. So it really came to a standstill, you know, uh, aside from people saying, oh, yeah, I remember that case, the girl on the mountain. Right. And in 2012, I decided to take another look at it and uh, started re-interviewing people, getting as much of the original archival information as you know, was possible through microfiche and uh, people that had photocopies. And when Mark and I came together, we were really trying to get the word out about the project to see if we could get in touch with people who knew her, the retired cops that worked the case. And um, one of the ideas we came up with was let's get on the radio. And we arranged it so that we could get on uh, Glenn's program. And I believe we arranged it through X-Ray. And X-Ray was more than happy to have Mark and I on to talk about a book that wasn't even finished yet, let alone released, um, because he wanted to help us out and uh, get the word out and hopefully get us some information. And we just had a rollicking good time. I mean, we were only on the air with them for probably like 15, 20 minutes, but we were there the whole four hours. And X was great. He was just welcoming. He made you feel like you'd belong there the whole time, you know, hanging out with him, Glenn, Jim Fields, you know, playing butt golf uh, on that, uh, the balcony trying to. Oh uh, yeah. That that, for those who don't know, I mean, that might be the last (laughs) time I saw him was playing. I, you know, I don't smoke anymore, but the idea was to take the cigarette button and flick it between your thumb and your forefinger or actually your index finger. I think it is right. And yeah. that's how I flick butts anyway. You do it your way, I'll do it my way. And then you would try to arc it and make it land on a, a target that was the top of an old uh, satellite dish pole. So yeah. uh, there was just the satellite <laughs> dish was gone, but there was this big metal pole stuck in the ground. And uh, it, it, it was big enough in diameter that there was a little concave surface on the top and it would fill up with water and cigarette butts. And it was disgusting. It was just like disgusting. Uh, but the idea was on the on the back uh, fire escape, essentially, of mm. of um, the second floor, Studio A. You'd go out there, have your cigarette, and then you'd flick it into the air. And I, the last time I I think it was the last time I saw X Ray and uh, Ilmar was out there as well. And somebody mm. somebody got a bullseye. I don't remember if it was X Ray or Ilmar. It was one of those two. But it was the most amazing thing because it's far enough away where. You know, it's hard to do. It, it's not easy. It is so, not easy. It's not easy to do. So somebody just got it arced up just right, and it landed, and we all went, <laughs> yes! You know, so that's and, butt you know, golf. And, and that's one of the, the fly-on-the-wall moments that, you know, you kind of wish you could be like a person going past the back of Studio A as that's happening because, you know, WFMU is this esteemed – institution you know if you're from new jersey or you're a follower of like you know the indie community and like so you think like oh my god all these legendary radio hosts and these great guests that they have come in and if you're and if you just like go past there it's like you have like a bunch of dudes in their 50s you know going down to like guys like me in the 20s and we're just doing dumb shit on the balcony just trying if we get this cigarette butt in this cup it'll be very cool yeah you you gotta understand you know feel like that's our triumph for the year not even yeah, the week, and, the, and, and those the are year. the things that I, I like to think of, mm. you know, when I remember X-Ray. And, you know, um, at, at the time, I believe he was trying to win a dog contest with, uh, I think he entered Eisenhower. 
But oh, it was, okay. It was a news, right. Yeah, it was like a prettiest, like you know, the the prettiest dog contest. I think it was in a newspaper, maybe in like the Post or something. But that's the kind of stuff that you know we would talk about. Like we would talk about dogs because we both loved our dogs, and uh, you know, he and I were huge space geeks. And I, you know, I love talking with people about that. Like you and I have been friends for so many years, and I only just now found out your connection to the uh, the Apollo program recently, and that blew my mind. We're gonna have to set aside a whole episode for that but um we will get into that yeah but you're right it's the more prosaic stories the the prosaic stories are the ones that Mm -hmm. stay with you the uh commonplace things you know um i I mean i i have some really uncommon stories about him and the first one was i mean if you heard the opening of the show i used uh an instrumental version of badlands because uh, the first time I ever saw Bruce Springsteen, it was with X-Ray Burns. And uh-huh. I was somebody that kept Bruce Springsteen at arm's length. I uh, equated him with Billy Joel. You know, having grown up on Long Island, I don't really care for the music of Billy Joel. I've heard subsequently that Billy Joel is a very nice person and a great employer from people that have worked for him. And He's I, done good charity work, too. Like in yeah, my book, it doesn't excuse the, the, the his execrable like, music. I'm sorry. I mean, I maybe it does. Maybe it offsets it. But oh, you no, have to I understand. Music too. In fact, right. uh, on my podcast, I said that um, it, I told the story. It was actually pretty funny. On the first leg of shooting for the documentary that you were in, we went out there the year prior also, and we were interviewing uh, Brendan Brown from the band Weedus. Um, listeners out there might, might remember the hit they had with Teenage Dirtbag a few years back. Oh, who and could forget he, Teenage Dirtbag? Sure. Hell yeah, man. Mm. And he was bullied as a kid by Ricky Casso, the Satan killer, in my book. So we, we met him at uh, Nina's Pizza in Northport, which is right next to the uh, place that used to be called the Midway, where Casso used to deal drugs. And so we're sitting there eating pizza and like a Billy Joel song came on or something, and I, oh God, what did I say? Because I, I, you know, I'm kind of like X too in the in the same way that I like to say, you know, things that are like kind of crass just to get a rise out of people. And I said, uh, was it Billy Joel makes music for Long Island street trash who think they're deep because they miss a sandwich shop that closed 30 years ago? And uh, Brendan gave me hell for that. <laughs> wow. Well, listen, I, I. Uh have my own reasons, and they have to do with going to one too many teenage parties where people thought, you know, we were going to get up and dance to uh, It's Still Rock and Roll to Me. I'm still scarred Ugh. by that experience. So That is the I, least rocking song in the world, too. Like, that's like, it's like on Sleeping Pills, that song, you know? Yeah, but some of the kids that I knew in high school, you know, uh, kids in the, uh, the, the theater kids especially, that was... As wild and crazy as they got, unfortunately. But, but I digress. Loose I mean, with Billy Joel over yeah. here, man. Tell you, but getting the, a little crazy. Getting crazy is right. But, but uh, <laughs> I had never seen Springsteen, and I had heard for years uh-huh. that you don't really understand what he does until you go see him live. You need to go see the live show. Blah 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 blah. So somehow, I ended up with a couple of tickets to a mm-hmm. uh, show at the Brendan Byrne Arena, right in 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 his home state. In yep. my backyard, in the Meadowlands, Rutherford, New- East Rutherford, New Jersey. Yeah. Where, by the way, land. there's a kick-ass uh, flea market going on tomorrow. I'll see you there. Get there by 9 a.m., leave by 10.30. That's my advice to you. But yep. long and short of it is, I must have offered uh, these tickets. I must have said, hey, I got an extra ticket. 
I must have offered them around on the staff. And the person that that said, sure, I'll go was X-Ray Burns. So now, you know, we hadn't spent a lot of time hanging out. We hadn't done much uh, socializing outside of down at the station. And so I ended up going over to his house for a little Mm. uh, pregame tune-up, if you know what I mean. We got a little (laughs) tuned up and ready for the show. And then we drove over to the Meadowlands. And it was like, I mean... I don't know how many people at Brendan Byrne Arena holds. It's a lot. It's a, it's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And we had to walk like a solid two miles from where we parked to get to the thing. And I, memory serves, he brought a cooler along with him. He brought one of those wheeled coolers with him. <laughs> yeah. And I, 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 was, I was still very impressed at the time that, A, they would let you do that. Like, they would let you mm-hmm. haul a cooler in there full of, uh, you know, beer, obviously. And, uh, and B, that... Um, he was willing to manhandle this cooler because you had to go up and down stairs. It was it was a whole thing, you know. You you couldn't just roll this cooler the entire way. You we had to carry this thing, you know. And uh, we get to our seats and and uh, right behind us, and you know how how it's arena seating, so the row behind you was a little bit higher, right, than than you are, mm-hmm. so the people could see over your heads. And uh, watch whoever the hell you watched at the, in the Brendan Byrne Arena, usually mm-hmm. whatever whatever they were doing in there, um, and the people behind us were what I took to be like uh, a, a couple of grandparents, and I would say their fifteen year old kid, right? And uh. and the age disparity between the kid and them, uh, you could only go <laughs> okay, they're they're like grandparents, they have to be right. And yeah. and this is at least fourteen or fifteen years ago. This show, I it think. It was 2004. I want to say it was 2004. I could be wrong. Uh, but the show starts, and X-Ray is up on his feet. I'm up on my feet. You, you know, we're singing along with all the lyrics that we know, if we know the lyrics. We're pounding down beers. We're <laughs> surreptitiously smoking things. You know, and the people behind us are, are growing increasingly appalled. You know what I mean? They they are they they're not about to stand up. Their grandson is standing, and he's like trying to see around us because X Ray was a big guy. You know, he was he was a tall tall guy, and he was wearing he's some kind of shit house, as they say. He was wearing some kind of hat that made him even taller. You know, and now <laughs> these grandparents are like, "Would you please sit down?" They're, they're losing their minds, and he just keeps like ignoring them and I keep ignoring them and this goes on and on and I I, I mean I don't remember if there were ushers there or anybody like it, a security personnel there was like uh-huh. no and they so finally the granddad stands up and he and he leans over and he pulls the hat off of x-ray's head he just oh, yanks no. it off his head and x-ray turns around and goes don't ever touch me don't ever touch me <laughs> And he leans over and he grabs the hat back from the guy. And the guy was so cowed. He was like, he shrank back in his seat. And the mm. next thing I know, the two grandparents are talking low. And within five minutes, they had got up and left. Oh, and they and, and I don't think we saw them for the... I, they, they must have gone and said, we need different seats we can't sit next to these people but nobody maybe they went home you saved them the traffic maybe they went home but nobody no one came and told us hey tone it down it wasn't like i mean i guess they it just was a the, the that was the natural state of things at one of those shows is that everybody was like 
getting completely out of bounds. So we uh, we made we made people leave the Springsteen show. And, uh, That's amazing. I, and I think it was more him than me that made people leave the Springsteen show. But that that was the one story that I, I wanted to tell tonight. I, I mean, there are just a lot of them because for a while there, I was, you know, the de facto engineer at any of the live events mm. that they did. And, and uh, you know, I would go and sort of be in a support capacity. I would set up, the you know, the equipment and make sure stuff worked and then be there if needs be. Uh, if if Glenn and X-Ray wanted to take a couple of wireless mics and wander out into the crowd kind of thing. So I got to yeah. see them all over. I got to see them do shows all over the place, and including the one at Coney Island and uh, Seaside Heights and down in, mm-hmm. uh, where the hell was it? Uh, the one all the way down at the Memory Motel. Do you remember the Memory Motel? Oh, oh my God. Lord, I think so, yeah. yeah. You're starting to jog my memory there. Yeah, because it's the Memory Motel. That's it. <laughs> So I'm talking with yeah. Jesse P. Pollock. The yeah. number here again is 760-I-CALL-AV. If you want to call into the show, 760-I-CALL-AV is the number here if you want to share a remembrance. But we're just uh, talking about X-Ray and sharing some memories. 760-422-5528. 760-442-5528. Jesse, what did you want to say? Well, I, I love the way the man's mind works. Because he had a very absurdist sense of humor, which which I like to to hope that I kind of share with him. But uh, th- there was one story I remember telling, and if you actually go on the uh, the SMU archives to uh, listen listen to when Mark and I were on back in July 2014, um, after our appearance was done, we like I said we stayed for the whole show, so we went back. You know, we're sitting. You know, they had chairs up against the wall in the studio. So we're sitting there just watching the show, hanging out, have a good time. And then X out of nowhere just starts spinning this whole yarn about how he wants to go out and buy a rotisserie chicken. And he wants to dress it up in a baby outfit and put it in a car seat and leave it locked in the back of his car in like a Walmart parking lot. And then just wait for someone to call uh, to, to discover it and call the police. So that he could just crack open the window himself and grab it and go, that's mine, and start eating it in front of them. Oh, that (laughs) would have been a gag for the ages. That would have been a good one. You hear Mark and I in the background, and I mean, these are condenser mics. You know, they're not supposed to pick up a whole lot of noise outside, but you can hear us 10, 15 feet away in the studio just losing our shit. Because it's like, where did this come from? This idea just conjured itself in his head. You know the problem. The only problem with that gag is no one would have said anything. Like that, people would have walked past that thing fifteen hundred times. Walmart shoppers, and he it might it might be a good way on a hot day to actually uh, to 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 bake your chicken. You could yeah. probably just leave it back there and come back to a nice baked chicken. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I, I would I would hope that someone would you know see it and just go, "That's a chicken in a baby suit." Why is that chicken wearing baby clothing? Well, because it's New yeah. Jersey. That's why. <laughs> ah, yes. Oh, man. Uh, that's a good one. 760-I-CALL-AV. 760-I-CALL-Aerial-VIEW. AV is short for Aerial View. Although I used to be on the AV squad. So I guess it has all kinds yeah. of meanings. 760-422-5528. We've got about another 20 minutes left in the program here on the houndnyc.com. And uh, we're talking about uh, the late great X-Ray Burns, who left us on Sunday at the age of 57 and uh, at the wake last night I got to see a lot of uh, old friends and dear 
and reminisce a little bit uh, with former colleagues. It was good to do that. It was good to talk about the man. And um, no one was really contemplating what happens now or what happens next because, you know, Glenn has already said he's going to keep doing his program, obviously. But, um, you know, th- those are shoes that you should never try to fill. No one's going to try to fill them, hopefully. But um, I think that people that had him all those years hang on look at this i'm getting another call let's see how do i pick up this other call please radio in action hang on let me grab this call and then i'll dial you back all right here we right go right on uh too late i can't they went into voicemail the other call all right oh no yeah they went into voicemail you can't get two calls here at the same time unfortunately so listen let me forewarn you if i get another call i'm going to disconnect with you and then okay. I'll call you back. How's that? So uh, sure. whoever that whoever that person was, try us again, and uh, I'll just tell Jesse to, to go to hell for just a little hell while. Hell yeah, yeah. Uh, number again is seven six zero. I call AV seven six zero. I call AV, and um, we are reminiscing just a bit about X Ray Burns and what happens now. Well, I nominated him for the New Jersey Hall of Fame which is not hard to do. You can go to the New Jersey Hall of Fame, just type it into a browser, and you can nominate him. I think they have like a entertainment category, and I nominated him in the entertainment category. So you can do the same, and uh, with a whole bunch of people doing, this, doing that, we'll get him into the Hall of Fame where he deserves to be. You know, he was a big fan of talk radio, and... Mm. It's probably not. By the way, New Jersey Hall of Fame is njhalloffame.org. njhalloffame.org. If you go there on the front page, on the left side, it says nominate someone for the New Jersey Hall of Fame. So that's, uh, you can do that. And then they ask you a few things about the person. All right, Jesse, I got to hang up. I'm going to grab some call. <laughs> this is very weird. Hello. Welcome to the Hello. air. Yes. Okay. Well, one thing I'd like you uh, to know is, did you know that X-Ray had congestive heart failure? Yes, okay. I did, yes. The, the thing is, you're talking about the, the downside first of all, who, who and the are we upside. Speak, who are we speaking with, first of all? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just a listener. Okay. Just listener, uh, listener Robert. Uh, okay. All right. So and you were saying... Is, I, I mean, he said on the air that he that he was in heart failure, he, uh, but it had leaked that he was congestive. Okay. And it, it may well be that dying when he did of cancer saved him of a, a much more unpleasant death due to drowning from congestive heart failure. Oh, my God. Really? You're trying to put a spin on this. You're trying to brightside this. Well, it you? is. I mean, yeah. a few years ago, a, a British doctor wrote that he hoped he got cancer rather than, say, dying of congestive heart failure. No, there's a lot of ways to die, and there's some cancers that can give you a very painful, unpleasant death, too. Okay? Well, but, I am glad you're not at the wake. You weren't at the wake last night, because this is the, sounds like the kind of thing people say to a grieving person, and it's, it's, it's com- completely... You wouldn't have ever said this to a grieving person, would you? Please tell me you wouldn't. Probably not, you would, no. Okay, good, all right. No, no, and yeah. and I also didn't want to leave it in a message okay. a minute ago because it's sort of like, oh, without explanation, it can sound really callous and 
Yes. You know, nasty. But I also just wanted to say. It's so callous, I'm going to call you Maria. That's how callous it is. It's very callous. But but I also wanted to say that maybe you already know this, but that that's not a robot who calls you yes. the guy from Minnesota. Yeah, you that was that. your voicemail. Good. Yeah, you it, have it, uh, outed, uh, I think, Aaron. I think that's who that's supposed to be. He keeps saying I his name. I think it is. is. Yeah, 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 that's it's, his name. It's a, it's, a, it's a pretender. Thanks for doing that. Okay. I thought it was an actual person who couldn't speak and was using the uh, vocoder. You know. No, it is an no. actual person who can't speak and is using a vocoder. Oh, well, I thought in your voicemail, never mind. Thank you, Robert. <laughs> okay. Thanks. But... I'm going to call Jesse back, okay? But I appreciate the call. Thank you so much. <sighs> hey, Chris. Yes, this is Aaron in Minneapolis. I am calling back, assuring you I am not a robot, and calling you not to offer you low discounts on car insurance. I am real, although I timed my call well to appear on the Future People show. Anyway, it's still snowy in Minnesota, although not as cold as last week's polar vortex. As this airs, temperatures in the Twin Cities will hover around zero, negative one. Like you care about our weather, but I don't know what your topic is tonight. Anyways. I will disappear and let you talk about the upside-down world in which we live. Take care. You know, (laughs) there was an article today. I mean, why it comes out today, I could have used this advice yesterday about how to grieve with somebody and how not to grieve, what to say and what not to say to someone who's grieving. And it comes out today, when yesterday is when I could have used that information. I'm calling Jesse Pollock back, in case you're wondering why I'm stalling for time here. Here we go. Hello. Please oh, not this thing again! Voice will try to connect you. X-Ray Burns calling. He'll think X-Ray's calling from the great beyond. Oh, no. This again. No. See, Jesse. Oh, damn. Just pick it up, would you please? Uh, Ugh. Things used to be so easy. It sounds like a line from a song. 760 I call AV. 760 I call AV. If you can hear me, Jesse, just dial in because it's easier that way. God damn it. Hello? Hey, here we are. This thing's going to make me insane. And I'm I really, know. I'm just hanging by a thread now, so that's not good. All right, this person. Guess what, Jesse? I'm hanging up on you. Call back, all right? Hello? Welcome to the air. Hey, is this Christy? It is. Hey, Christy. Who's this? It's, uh, it's your janitor buddy. Oh, hey, janitor buddy. How are you? Hey, I'm okay. Let's see all if right. I can make a do a better call than uh, last time. But anyway, that's all right. Uh, okay, thanks. Anyway, I'm pretty shaken up about the X-ray stuff, so I appreciate uh, 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 I appreciate the show. Uh, Thank you. I had an opportunity to meet him, and uh, yeah, now I'm gonna make a bad call like I did before. Anyway. 
You know, you're so you're you're just you're too preoccupied with how you're doing. Take take the focus off you. You know what Taylor Swift said about stage fright and nervousness. It's it's about you. It's not about them. So you got to change your focus. Taylor Swift. You know, I told I miss that. But yeah, my old man just told me that uh, you just gotta like. He remembers a quote from Hopalong and Cassidy. It's like, you just got to think it's like one little buckaroo out there. So you're just like the other buckaroo that uh, I'm talking to. But anyway, yeah, I get in my You're head. only talking to one other thinking about, like, yeah. Start thinking about all the cool people that are probably in your audience anyway. But uh, yeah, uh, uh, I've been listening to FMU for uh, 19 years. I'm not a New Jersey resident. But uh, uh, I had an opportunity to see the uh, go out there in 2002 and uh, Jonesy and X-Ray were kind enough to let me watch their show. And uh, uh, it was like, while well, I was going to a Stones concert at the Roseland Ballroom, I put my, uh, I don't never mind. But uh, I had a better time. Those guys were cool enough to let me watch them do their show. I watched them do their show. I had a better time at the watching those guys than I did watching the Stones. And uh, I had the honor of uh, X-Ray dropped me off uh, at the path station in this Cadillac. It was like uh, we shared a bottle of Weiss beer. It was, uh, I don't know, it was a great time. And uh, I'm really bummed out that he's, uh, you know, no longer with us. But So anyway, I just wanted to uh, get that off my chest, I guess. All right. Th- thank you for that. I do appreciate that. You take care. And, you know, he's never really gone. He's not gone because we... Have a lot, a lot, a lot of recordings, so you could always delve into the recordings. All right, Jesse, if you're still listening, and I hate to make you do this, give us a call back. Believe me, I'm going to figure out a way to take more than one call here, because this is goddamn ridiculous, is what it is. But, you know, this is desktop broadcasting. What can you do? And uh, we've got about 15 minutes left in the program. Jesse P. Pollock rejoins us here. Thank you for doing that. Appreciate it. And, uh, Jesse, can you hear me? Hey, Jesse. All right. Try it one more time. Something happened. Weird. I am only, I'm really glad that, by the way, when I create the podcast of this show, because Tuesday nights at 7, it becomes a podcast. It replays Tuesday nights at 6 p.m., Right here on thehoundmyc.com. And don't forget, uh, The Hound is live on Sundays. And uh, that's 3 to 5 p.m. Brand new Hound shows. And then from 5 to 7 p.m. Crashing the Party with Mark and Miriam, the doo-wop chop shop of the air. All right. I'll try calling him back. Hello. See what happens. Please state your name after the tone. Uh, and Google Voice will try to connect you. Pablo Picasso. Oh, and then he calls me. This is just great. God damn it. Hey, hello? Jesse? Jesse, I don't know what you did. You turned something off or you did something on your end because I can't hear you. Sorry, pal. I, I picked it up. I just can't hear you. We're just not hearing you. So you did. There's something. God damn it. <laughs> Just call on the regular phone. You know what? Just call on your regular phone. Call 760-I-CALL-AV. All right? 760-I-CALL-AV is the number here. And uh, where was I? Okay, 760-422-5528. 
If you can still hear me, Jesse, try that. Okay? And we'll chat. It's connecting, but I can't hear you. Yes, that's true. That's what's happening. <laughs> Let me try you one more time. Hello. Please state Ugh. your name after the tone, and Google Voice will try to connect you. Jack Kennedy. Going to give a different name every time. See, this is the part I don't get. Then why, how come you don't pick up then? Son of a bitch. All right, I've wasted enough time with this. That's, it's a lost cause at this point. <laughs> I want to thank my guest, author Jesse P. Pollock. He really is a good guy. Very smart and wrote a great book. Seek it out. It's called The Acid King. It's all about uh, Ricky Casso dragging some poor unfortunate out to the woods and stabbing him multiple times. Oh, man. So um, I'm going to do one last thing, and that's to try Jesse on his actual phone. Maybe that one he'll actually answer. Who knows? I have my doubts. But... uh, you know, never say die. Hey, let's try this. Oh, God. All right, yeah. Let's do the crappy yeah. audio for the rest of the show. Uh, Jesse P. Pollock is back with us. Thank you, Jesse. Yeah, no, sorry about that. It was connecting, but I couldn't hear you. And... Yeah. Yeah. Now it sounds like if we were in Nam talking on field radios, you know? Vector Charlie. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, calling in an airstrike, you know? Yes, exactly. Um, so so uh, we got about 10 minutes left. We're talking about X-ray burns tonight, and we're reminiscing and uh you know i i the the debt that i owe to him is um I, can never be repaid because he's the reason i met my wife okay uh x-ray is directly responsible for the two of us being together and uh, i've told this story and i've written about this but if you haven't heard it um my wife who's uh, an artist was in an art show uh, with Glenn Jones's girlfriend, Gina. And mm-hmm. Gina was wearing an X-Ray and Glenn T-shirt, marathon T-shirt. And my future wife said, hey, I, I listened to that show. I like that show. I was going to do a portrait of those guys. And uh, Gina said, I could make that happen. So one thing led to another. Uh, the woman who would become my wife. <laughs> it's a really unwieldy phrase. The woman who would become my wife. Uh <laughs> She went and took pictures, uh, did a portrait of them. Uh, they they really liked the portrait. X-Ray said, hey, I want to commission you to do paintings of my dogs as a surprise for my wife for Christmas. And um, the woman who would become my wife, my future wife, said, sure, why not? And did the paintings. And then uh, one of the things that X-Ray did to repay her was give her some tickets to this weird New Jersey Halloween party at the Stone Pony in Asbury Park in 2005, where yours truly also went and uh, sat at the back bar where I met the future uh, Sweet Tea, Mrs. Sweet Tea. And we 
turns out lived six blocks away from each other. Not bad. And uh, so that began our courtship shortly after that. Our first date was going to see Al Green. But the nice. the best thing that happened is not just the tickets, but X-Ray, and this is the kind of guy he was, you know, going above and beyond because the woman who would become my wife, I need reverb on that. The woman who would become my wife. Chris's That's wife. She emailed him to say, thanks for the tickets. I had a great time. And by the way, I met this guy, Chris T, and uh, we're going out. We're going out on a date. And uh, he wrote back, and he said, he's a great guy. You should go out with him. And he didn't have to do that. He could have written back and said, nobody likes him. Forget (laughs) it. Don't do it. But that's not what happened. So nope. the rest, as they say, is history. I mean, I uh, I love that woman to, to bits. And yesterday was Valentine's Day, and yesterday I, I took her to a wake for Valentine's Day. So I, how romantic I am. It actually was very romantic because, because, that, because of that story I just told you, because of the fact that here was the person who made it possible for the two of us to get together. He was a vector, Victor. You're both uh, a living testament to that man's kindness. And it, it is kind of funny how everything kind of seemed to uh, revolve around holidays with him because he was a man who was born on Christmas and had his wake on Valentine's Day. It's strange. Not only that, passed away the same day his father did. And, uh, no way. And the same day the guy who invented Taylor Ham did or was born or something. And there are signs and portents everywhere. You know, I've heard of pork roll. Oh, don't start that shit. We don't have enough time <laughs> in the program. Uh, so, so the um, so what the hell was I saying? Yes, the uh, the Taylor Ham thing. I, I don't know if that guy was died on that day or was born on that day. One of those two. But then the other one was this dog named Burns taking best in breed at the Westminster Dog Show. A uh, little dachshund, if you will, taking best in breed. <laughs> And we all went, what? I mean, there's just, if you look around, there are signs everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Well, um, and that's a lovely thing about our, our, our wonderful family, the, the, the worlds that, that cross, because, you know, it's we're New Jersey and it's WFMU. They're always intertwined. I mean, he was uh, the animal editor in chief for however many years for Weird New Jersey. So. To expect any of this, even in death, to follow a linear trajectory the way that things should go, out of the question. No, it's it's got to be weird and wonderful, even to the dying day. So it is fittingly appropriate for him. Well, I've heard it said that the human brain doesn't work in a linear fashion. It, it makes connections that go all over the place, and that mm-hmm. was one of the things about his brain, because as you mentioned earlier, the absurdity of it all, and... I was gonna say, you oh, know, yeah. I, I now I wish that, you know, if 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 Sweet Tea and I had had a child, you know, we could have named it Kenneth, and you know what? I'm gonna get a rotisserie chicken. I'm gonna <laughs> name it Kenneth. I'm gonna leave it in the backseat of my car, because that's. Yeah, a, I don't know if people would have been touched by that. I think you'd be more touched if you got a dog. Oh, you know, uh, we got two cats, so dogs out of the question. Sorry about that. Oh, yeah, snap. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, snap is right. Uh, Jesse. Yeah, speaking of that stuff, I'll leave you with one quick story because I know that we got to wrap 
wrap up here, but speaking of uh, of uh, quote unquote this killer ham you speak of, but uh, you know uh, the, this pork product. Um, what I remember him talking about that also cracked me up was now, like I said, we were all space geeks, the three of us. You had that uh, that connection, where a member of your family worked on the lunar module out in Grumman, and he and I were talking one time, and he later related the story on air too. He was like, you know, I always thought NASA should have used you know Taylor Ham as the heat shield on the Apollo command module. That way, you, know, you slice it real thick, protects you coming in through the atmosphere, and when you're done, you got a nice hot slice of Taylor ham waiting for you. And I'm like, I I have no idea how you got that uh that that story in your head, but I love it and I'll take it. Well, there you go. Thanks for that, Jesse. I'm gonna say goodbye. Jesse P. Pollock has been our guest and uh where can people find you online? Uh I'm on Twitter at J Pollock Author, J P O L L A C K Author, and if you want to check out uh, the stuff that I write, pick up Weird New Jersey Magazine, or go grab Death on the Devil's Teeth or The Acid King. It's a, they're both available wherever books are sold. All right. Thank you, man. Thanks for being here. And thanks to uh, everybody who took part at 7 p.m., which is in about a minute and a half. There'll be a, a replay of last Sunday's Hound Show, Hound Howl. And on Sunday, a brand new Hound Howl at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, and then at 5 p.m., Eastern Time, a Crashing the Party, the doo-wop chop shop of the air with Mark and Miriam. And I'll uh, return next Friday if all goes well. This one's going out to Sweet Tea. This is the song I sang to her at our wedding reception. This one's for you. I've got no time for the corner boys. Down the street making all that noise Or the girls out on the avenue Cause tonight I'm gonna be with you Tonight I'm gonna take that ride Across the river to the Jersey side Take my baby to the carnival And I'll take her on all the Rise, cause down the shore everything's alright You and your baby on a Sunday night You know all my dreams come true When I'm walking down the street with you Sing sha la 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 Jersey girl, six shot.
wild-ass free-form radio just coming out of the sky for free, baby. You're sitting at home, you're twisting your knobs, you're moving your tinfoil antennas, baby, but it's still basically free for you, man. So call us now and make it good. I got a coconut, man, right here. Everyone loves a well-shaken coconut. 